Hey, it's Justin here. You're listening to the My Therapy Podcast for Tuesday, April 24th, 2018. On today's show, we have from March for Mental Health, Courtney Taylor. She is a co-founder of this event, put it on for the first time last year. It's the second annual event coming up on May the 12th. So we get into a conversation about what went into that last year, what to expect this year, and why she's doing it, and a little bit of her uh, story uh, around mental health as well. Courtney is a mental health advocate. She's a Sick Not Week official volunteer, and as I mentioned, the co-founder of the March for Mental Health. So without further ado, here is my chat with Courtney Taylor. Joining me now on the podcast is Courtney Taylor. How's it going, Courtney? Good. How are you? I'm I'm doing okay today. Uh, so I introduced you, uh, stole it from your uh, from your Twitter account. Your profile there says you are a mental health advocate, co-founder mm-hmm. of March for Mental Health, and a Sick Not Week official volunteer. Yep. Is that, anything else I should add to that? Um, I used to be with Partners for Mental Health. I don't know if you've heard of them. They were a Canadian National Canadian charity. They ceased operations in fall of 2017, this past fall, after pretty much completing what they set out to do. And they passed their campaigns off to uh, the Jack Project. Jack.org took right by UV's campaign, and uh, the Canadian Mental Health Association took on Not Myself Today, which is the workplace mental health campaign. So I got my start, I guess you could say, with Partners for Mental Health back in 2013. Great. We don't know each other, but uh, nope. we, we do have a mutual acquaintance in uh, Michelle Sparling. So shout out to her for uh, connecting us and uh, yep. and getting this going for today. Um, I guess we, we've had interactions on Twitter, but we've never formally met. I guess I should just provide the context there for the listeners. Anyway, we're talking today because you have uh, your second annual March for Mental Health coming up in a few weeks. What can you tell me about that? So it is happening on May 12th, downtown Toronto at Nathan Phillips Square uh, at 12 p.m. It is, like you said, it's the second annual. So it, it kicked off last year. Uh, we also did it in May last year, May 6th, which was also during uh, Mental Health Week, which we're doing again this year. Uh, fellow advocate um, Frank Van Nee uh, gave me a call shortly after Bell Let's Talk Day last year and asked me if I, I wanted to help him kind of kick something off um, as far as a, a march goes, something of a more political nature, something a little more visible, um, because we're both kind of, quote-unquote, tired of talk. The talk is great. We need the talk. We need the awareness. Things like Bell Let's Talk are fantastic. I still take that day off every day from work, but um, we needed more than talk, so it was time for some action. So. Frank approached me with this and said, hey, do you want to help me put this together? And I jumped right on board, and we reached out to a couple of people we thought might be interested in joining us. And a small group of us, I think there was about nine of us, kind of threw it together in about eight weeks. It was really grassroots, uh, really from the bottom up. Uh, it went pretty great, better than we expected. A lot of people responded really well. They loved it. So we thought, okay, we got to make this an annual thing. So... We are having our second one. It's 
coming up May 12th, like I said, and it's uh, downtown Toronto. Last year, you got it started eight weeks out from the event date? It was, if even if it was even that long. I think we met with the, you know, six, seven other people we were going to, we were going to work on this with. I think we met for the first time on like the 10th of March or something. And uh, we ended up doing the event on May 6th. So we met like three times, four times, got together, uh, you know, just kind of what do we need to do? And away we went. So it was thrown together really quickly. None of us had ever done anything like it before. Um, but it, it went great. We had no idea what was going to happen. Were three people going to show up? Were 300 people going to show up? We figured we had maybe around 200, 250 people. So uh, we were hoping it would be great if we could at least double that number this year. But we do know a lot of people who were there last year are returning, and we're having a lot of new folks show up as well. So uh, we're pretty excited about it. Well, first off, congratulations on last year's event. To throw it together that quick and have that kind of a turnout is incredible. Thanks. <laughs> wow. So um, what, are, what are your goals for this event? Mostly what we want is to just get a little bit more exposure. We we really want these things that we need in Canada and Ontario to start being implemented. We need politicians to take notice. And some of them have said a lot of stuff in their platforms and made a lot of big promises. But at this point, that's all there is their promises. And they sound amazing. And, you know, they could get you very excited. But until that party is elected, until they follow through on that fantastic promise, it really doesn't exist yet. So we're trying to get people to notice that this is a problem. Really, this is a public health crisis. Uh, suicide is a public health crisis, and the lack of mental health services available is also a crisis situation. And uh, it, it's time to fix it and do something about it. We kind of put ourselves on a pedestal in Canada as far as health care goes and a lot of other things. But um, we really have a two-tier health care system when it comes to mental health care, those who can afford it get it and then those who can't they wait uh and they suffer and uh too often they they end up dying from that disease that's so true i can speak from my own experience that uh, i was fortunate to have a benefits package through my employer that uh, i could pay for private services and get those relatively immediately um but i still had to sorry go ahead i said same with me yeah you know not everybody's so lucky and even I'm sure you as well, you know, we use up those benefits too and we run out or we have to ration them through a 12-month period because we know we only have so much. Yeah, and then like even to get in to see a psychiatrist though, I still had to uh, wait three months and uh, that's apparently at the low end. Yeah, that is low. I think um, I remember last year when we were putting out stats, the average wait in Ontario uh, I think we're somewhere, and this is for youth, I believe. I think it was somewhere around 14 months. That's yeah, that's, that that'll kill that's people. Incredibly long time. So yeah, I mean, you know, I think that was for youth. And I mean, if you're a youth and you broke your arm uh, and you went to the emergency room, I mean, they're gonna you're gonna get it fixed. They're gonna put you in a cast. You're not gonna wait 14 months. You're not gonna walk around with a broken leg or a broken arm for 14 months or uh, appendicitis. Nobody's going to make you wait 14 months for cancer treatment because a cancer could grow. It could it could it could kill you. Well, mental illness is no different. Uh, leaving somebody 14 months to languish um, without care is, is is well, I don't even have a word for it. So <laughs> it it needs to change. So we march for that and just show people who don't know maybe that 
there are others out there who are fighting for this, who who want this, who are rallying that we're out there as well and everybody is welcome. We feel that we're just stronger together. We're all fighting for the same thing. We bring together people and organizations um, from many different areas and that's one of the best things about the march is very rarely do organizations, all these different organizations, come together at one spot and speak up together, and we all fight for the same thing. But we're louder when we're together and we're stronger together, so that's kind of what we push forward. Of all the things that you could have done, why did you decide to do a march? Um, it initially started because there had never been one, as far as we knew. There was a lot of uh, activity happening this time last year, there was the Women's March. Um, there was a lot of, you know, political engagement. So there had never really been something like this for mental health. There's walks, like fundraising walks. There's those. But there's never been a march, a rally, carrying signs, that kind of stuff. So we thought, well, why not? There should be one. So that's why we went that way. Do you raise money or is it just for awareness? No, we don't raise any money. Um, we haven't done any fundraising as of yet. Um, at the current moment, we are not an organization, quote-unquote, of any kind. So um, we're unable to take donations and fundraising in any way. So we haven't done any fundraising. Um, last year, every cost that we incurred, those of us who organized it just kind of split down the middle among all of us, and we just we just took that on. Because um, we can't, we're not able to collect donations of any kind, and uh, we're not in at this point. It's just, it's all about advocacy, awareness, making the government take notice, getting more more people aware. That's a heck of a uh, commitment to take on any uh, financial uh, implications at the same time. Yeah, it's uh, it you know it, when there was you know eight nine of us, it, you know, it wasn't a lot. I mean, so and I guess it was just something we were all willing to to do so um not everybody who originally came on last year um is organizing with us they'll be there for sure but um we did initially do it as a one-time shot so when we decided to keep going we said like we talked about this we said let's do this and we we came into it as a one-time deal so nobody's under any pressure to keep going with this if you can't commit the time if you know whatnot you know it was there was nothing there in a, in a pressure way. So um, we still have their support, of course, and they'll be there and they're great friends of ours, but you know, not everybody has the capacity. So yeah, that, but, that's, uh, that's impressive yeah. though, that, that you're willing to take on that commitment. Uh, what is the route for the March? So this year we are going, we'll start at Nathan Phillips square again. Uh, last year we walked from Nathan Phillips square to queen park. This year we're going to do a loop. So we're going to start and end at Nathan Phillips square. It's uh, it's not very long. We're going to go, up University, uh, then across Dundas, uh, east on Dundas, and then south back down Bay, and back into Mason Phillips Square. Have you encouraged participants to bring signs, dress up a certain way? What's What kind of a vibe are you going for? Yep. Uh, anybody can bring signs. We encourage people to bring signs. Uh, we had uh, last year some people who brought signs and they had photos of loved ones that they don't just uh, do aside. We encourage that as well. People brought signs that represented their specific organizations, their charities. We encourage that. It's open to anyone. It's open to everyone. We're completely inclusive. An organization or not, or you, a regular citizen, whatever you want to bring, 
however you want to come, however you want to join us, we're we're completely open to it. Is there a sign-up process, or can people just show up? Um, either or. There is a Facebook event page, um, and there's we have a website, and there's also a mailing list on the website that you can uh, subscribe to if you want to get updates and whatnot, but you can also just show up. Cool. And did, we'll be happy to have you. <laughs> did you want to give a shout out to the uh, the website and the Facebook page? What what are those details? So the website is www.msmhto.com, which stands for March for Mental Health To. dot uh, com. The Facebook page you can find under March for Mental Health Toronto, and the event is right under there. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at msmhto, where we have the event page and and stuff as well. Um, and through that, you can find all of the information on who's speaking this year because we, we have speakers at the beginning of the year. Um, so we've got some pretty awesome speakers this year. I'll make sure to include uh, that uh, Facebook link and your website to uh, to the uh, description of this podcast as well. Tell me about the uh, the speakers you have this year. I saw you had Michael Landsberg last year and a PGA golfer. That's, that sounded pretty cool. What's, what do you have yep. in store this year? Yeah, so last year was Landsberg and Andrew Jensen, as well as Lynn Keane. We had the three of them. Uh, this year, we've got a couple more. So Natalie Harris, uh, who is an author, uh, a retired paramedic, uh, a speaker, an advocate. Uh, she's fantastic. She's actually she's become a friend of mine, so she's speaking for us. Um, and then uh, we've got Patricia Tomasi, who is involved in a maternal mental health organization, um, which we thought would be great because that's something that's not often discussed. Um, but there's a lot of stuff happening around maternal mental health. And we've also got uh, Todd Dory, who's an MP from British Columbia. He's the MP who sponsored the private members Bill C-211, which is all about the framework around PTSD and first responders. So he's coming as well. Um, we've got uh, the Zach Makes Tracks crew. So I don't know if you're familiar with Zach Makes Tracks. Have you heard of them? I have, um, but if you can tell the listeners a little bit about it. So Zach is an amazing young man. He's 13 now. And last August, he uh, he left Barrie uh, in early August, and he uh, rode his bike. He walked, he ran, he scootered all the way from Barrie to Parliament Hill. He landed in Parliament Hill on September 10th, which is National Suicide Prevention Day. So he did all that to raise money for the Royal Victoria Hospital in Barrie for their new youth uh, mental health uh, unit. And himself, his mom and his stepdad will be joining us as well. His stepdad did the whole uh, route with him. His mom was there, obviously, as well. But but Derek was beside him all the way on the bike uh, on foot. So uh, they ended up raising, actually, I think to, to date, Zach has raised, he's raised over $100,000 for RVH. I think it's maybe up to 105000 I'm sure Shelly will tell me if I'm <laughs> low. So they're coming. They're fantastic. And uh, we've got uh, Jordan Exani, who is from Your Big Lie, which is another fantastic initiative. And also Megan, they run Shift, which is a cool facility downtown Toronto. And they're doing a bunch of really exciting stuff. So we got we got a lot of great speakers coming. And it's, they're from, you know, all different areas. So we try and kind of cover different stuff. I mean, you know, we want to be inclusive to everybody, so we're going to try and hit a couple different 
topics there with the youth and the PTSD. We're going to kind of hit a, a few different areas. Um, so we're pretty excited about the speakers this year. That's fantastic. Um, do you have uh, – how's this going to work? Do you kind of have your speakers all speak first, do the loop, and then kind of that's it? Do you have some people before, some after? What does the day kind of look like? So we do the speakers first um, because we know, you know, uh, some people you might lose some people along the way. People might have plans for later in the day. Um, we generally wrap up by 3 o'clock. So um, we'll do all the speakers first. You know, people will meet at noon. We kind of give some time for people to chat mingle some people may you know maybe just meeting for the first time who you know talked on twitter forever that does happen or you know haven't seen somebody since the last march so we allow time for for that and then we'll do the march and then we come back we don't have any speak anybody speaking post-march but we do have a large banner that we carried last year um and at the end we encourage everybody who was there to sign it to sign their name on the banner which was pretty awesome, and we're we're using the same banner this year. We thought, you know, how cool it would be to actually just bring the same one and then just add more to it this year uh, and fill it up more. So we will encourage people to, to hang around, do the whole march, come back to Nathan Phillips Square with us so, so you can find the banner at the end. So that's kind of what we do. You know, people hang around for a bit and we chat. It's really great just to come out. If you're involved in this community online, even if you're not yet, but you want to be or – you want to be with like-minded people or this is something you want to get involved in or you just want to meet somebody who maybe gets it, come out. I mean, there's great people there and the connections you can make, they're really, they're quite something. So it, it, it's a really great thing. Just out of curiosity, you said that your website is uh, March for Mental Health, M-F-M-H-T-O. When you when you pointed out it was T.O., I was just curious, has yeah. this ever happened in other cities, or do you hope that it will? We don't know of anywhere it has. Um, it, it, it very well could have. Uh, we decided when we first created it to call out the T.O., uh, just in case we did think about somewhere down the line, people in other provinces took interest, and if it did someday grow to become something that happened in other provinces, or other cities even, we thought, well, let's just put that on there now to alleviate having to change everything down the line. Anything is possible. We're kind of open to anything, to all ideas, so we're not really limiting ourselves in any way. It hasn't happened yet, but here we've got the TO on there just in case. Uh, that's that's some great... an MFMHBC. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's some great foresight for an event that was uh, you know, kind of intended as a one-time thing in the beginning. So I hope we get to that at some point. Me too. That would, be, that would be kind of cool. Why are you involved in this? What's uh, what's kind of your motivation behind it? So I got involved in this kind of volunteer slash advocacy work, uh, like I said, back in 2013 with Partners Mental Health. So I have spent my entire life living with anxiety, uh, even from the time I was a baby. Really, my parents will tell you they could tell when I was a baby. So went through a lot as a child, multiple tests, all kinds of doctors, um, you know, because even, you know, 30 years ago and whatnot, they they didn't diagnose this or they couldn't tell really quite as well. People thought I had lactose intolerance for a long time. And they put me through tons of tests because my anxiety, I get stomach aches. So they were trying to figure that out. Eventually, I was diagnosed with anxiety. So I've had that my entire life. As I got older, 
into my teen years, um, and as an adult, I've experienced uh, a few bouts of depression. So I have lived experience, and I kind of, in 2013, wanted the conversation to change. Um, I think Bell Let's Talk was a few years old, and it was starting to become more and more part of part of a, a social conversation. And I thought, okay, like, we need something to change here. The stigma's got to change. People have to be okay to talk about this. And then I thought to myself, okay, if I want people to be okay to talk about this, then I should be one of those people. I effectively I practice what I preach is kind of what I thought I should be doing. So I was keeping a blog at the time, not a completely unrelated topic, but then wrote a post effectively, quote, unquote, outing myself. Close family and friends obviously already knew, but this went out to anybody on my Facebook page, anybody everywhere. So that happened. Um, I also did a similar thing in a work newsletter because I had joined on with Partners for Mental Health and I was going to be take on a corporate champion role as a volunteer and try and bring as a health programs and awareness to the workplace. Luckily for me, my my company and my HR team were incredibly supportive and they let me do that. So that's how I kind of started. I thought, you know, if I want this to be the way it is, then I'm going to start with myself. And it just kind of grew from there. You know, I've gotten involved in more and more things since then. So many more organizations have sprouted up. I've met some amazing people. And I've just kind of been building on that. And now we are where we are today. And uh, I'll keep going, really, until until it is at a place where it needs to be because we got to get there. Uh, lots of people suffer from various mental illnesses, but uh, not everybody takes that initiative to to you know be a leader in the space. So you know, good mm-hmm. good for you on that. Um, you you had mentioned uh, 2013 specifically in that yeah. you had said Bell Let's Talk had been uh, a few years old, and it was time to advance the conversation further. Was there anything in particular during that time that motivated you that now is the time? Honestly, if I think back, I, I can't, I can't recall, I can't recall a specific incident or something that happened. I just, I remember thinking, I don't even, you know what, I couldn't even tell you where I saw or heard about partnership mental health, where I saw it and where I was like, huh, that's something I want to do, because they were relatively unheard of. They they weren't even a year old yet when I joined them. They were coming up on their one-year anniversary. I can't even remember where I saw the name. It all, I just, it feels almost like I woke up one day and I was like, you know what, I got to do this. Um, I wish there had been some kind of trigger or some reason, but to be honest with you, I, I can't, I can't recall one. It was just a decision I made. One of the best decisions I've ever made, actually. So um, it's, it's probably, you know, one of the, you know, the best things so far I've done in my life for sure. I can't say that I've gone to the extent that you have, but you know, I had kind of a similar epiphany a few months ago where I was off work, uh, decided I needed to start talking about it, put put out some tweets on Bella's Talk Day, and then a couple weeks later I started this podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, it's all been overwhelmingly positive, and uh, yeah, it's the best thing right. the best thing I've ever done for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, I can't. You can't even really put into words how powerful it can be. To I mean. People often will talk about, uh, you know, social media and how harmful it is 
sometimes and you know the cyberbullying and whatnot and I, and I get that and it can be harmful and even myself I have to turn away sometimes because it just becomes too much you know there's a lot of terrible things in the world and there are some not great people in the world but um, I'm more often than not I'm reminded that how great it is for me without social media with so many people that I would never ever have been able to meet that I would never have come in contact with um, that I would have never been able to help people who would never have been able to help me. And I think you can be so alone in this, you know, in this fight or whatever you're suffering with. It, we see it all the time. But there are so many people out there on Twitter, wherever they may be, part of the Sick Not Week team or in a group on Facebook, and they get it. And, you know, you don't have to meet them in person. And they get it and they understand and you can talk to them and, for me, Twitter, I often liken it to it's one giant peer support model is kind of what it is. So, you know, social media can be bad, but it can be pretty fantastic, too. And uh, it, it's pretty powerful when, when it's something you experience. If you don't mind me asking, how do you uh, manage your symptoms today associated with uh, depression and anxiety? So um, I do take medication. Uh, medication works for me. I've been uh, on an SSRI since I was 13. So uh, a little bit over, a few years over 20 years now. I'll be 35 actually on Saturday. So I've I've been on medication since then. I did try to go off at one point in 2008 uh, simply because I had always been on it, uh, you know, since I was a teenager. And I thought, well, I wonder how I am without it. Maybe maybe I don't need it anymore. That didn't go so well. <laughs> so uh, I ended up going back on the medication. So I'm on meds. I used to suffer tremendously with panic attacks and um, some phobia. My panic attacks now, they're very, very rare. They're few and far between. Or I'm able to manage them much, much easier. They don't really build as they used to. So I practice some mindfulness. Uh, I'm an expert in breathing exercises. Years and years of training will do that. Um, And to be honest with you, Another thing that does help me manage it is helping others. And I didn't sign on for that. I never expected that when I did this. But doing this work and being a part of this helps me manage my own as well. I find it's part of, it can be part of somebody's recovery. But, uh, you know, that would be probably most of it. I just, you know, my breathing, meditation, relaxation, and, and my meds are a huge part of it. I also am fortunate to have a, a massive support system. When you say massive support system, what do you mean? Uh, family, friends, friends who are like family. I like to call it family. Huh. Um, so uh, I have I have a lot of people that I that I can turn to in a time of need or a crisis, and uh, I know how lucky I am to have that. So that's you know that's a big piece of it as well. That's great. When you went off your medication, um, mm-hmm. was it? Something that I've dealt with for a long time was like a stigma around medication and that it's bad for you mm-hmm. and that you shouldn't do any more than you need or, you know, be as, be as, be on it for as short a time as possible. Was that, did that factor your, into your decision to stop? No, I just, I really, I honestly and truly didn't know if I, if I needed it anymore because, you know, your, your body chemistry can change and I think things still change as you, as you grow. I was only 13 when I went on it. So, you know, at 25 or, or whatnot, I thought, hmm, you know, maybe something has changed uh, or maybe, 
you know, I'm not experiencing the same stresses in life or, you know, maybe I can handle it better. Maybe I can cope without it. Uh, maybe I don't need it. It was mostly curiosity. I know a lot of people feel the way you do. I've spoken to some people who do. But uh, for me, it was, it was never that. Because, you know, somebody who has diabetes, they're never going to say, well, maybe, you know, I should only take insulin for a little while. So for me, I see it kind of the same way. Uh, people have a lot of medical issues, whether it be in their blood or their bones or, you know, your thyroid. Mine just happens to be in my brain. So I need to take medication to control that. And I'm okay with the fact that I will probably have to do that my entire life. And uh, I'm at a point now where that, that doesn't bother me. And, I mean, it's not for everybody. So people who it doesn't work for, I'm okay with that too. Either camp, I say, do what works for you, whatever that may be. If it's prayer, if it's meditation, if it's holistic stuff, whatever gets you through the day, uh, we're all different. I just, you know, don't judge anybody based on what works for them. Uh, we're all different, and uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with whatever anybody chooses to uh to help them cope through this through this illness, whatever it may be. Good for you for you know never having that uh, stigma against yourself regarding medication, and uh, good for you to identify that when you went off it that something was wrong and you needed to go back on. Uh, for the longest time, like even until recently, it was like I you know I'm kind of weary about medication. And I just do want to make I do I do want to make clear that I am a huge proponent of medication now that I see it in a completely different light, that you wouldn't deny yourself medication in any other context. So why would you under this one? So, yeah. Yeah, and, that, yeah, and that's what a lot of people will say. Because, and, and there are groups out there that you will find who, you know, will just slam it and, you know, and, and, and slam people who take it. And, I mean, that's the only time really where I'll get, you know, you'll get me going because I'm fine with anybody doing what they need to get through. Uh, it's when, you know, people start to insult others for their ways when I that's when I'll start getting going. But, you know, uh, just, you know, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. And, and for some people, it doesn't. It's chemistry. And, you know, some people may have other reasons. And if other stuff works for them, that's great. But, uh, you know, if it's, you know, it's just a stigma issue, then, you know, I'm glad that, you know, you can eventually get past that if it's something you do need. The other thing I wanted to touch on was the when you talked about reaching out to people on Twitter and kind of being that peer support in that context, uh, that has been a huge uh, help to me as well. Um, I was talking to my psychologist about this today and how it's become a huge uh, – basically a source of practice. And I think it will help – it's not going to prevent, I don't think, a relapse, but it uh, it certainly helps to remind myself of why I'm doing what I'm doing to tell people that I've been in a, in a dark place and I came back, I'm constantly reminding myself of the same thing. So um, it's I I told them today that's you know that's not a uh, sol- a selfless thing at all. I'm completely doing that to you know for my own good as well. Yeah, I hear you a hundred percent. I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, and I think nobody. I mean, I didn't expect it, and like it doesn't sound like you did either. And it's you know it just it kind of happens and then you just kind of realize that it is happening but um you know and I've seen it happen to other people where they're like wow look look at what I found here and it's um it's pretty awesome yeah uh, and don't... I mean without it I wouldn't have been able to reach 
tons of people last year for the march. I mean, I just messaged a bunch of people I'd never even met. I didn't know who they were. I just kind of searched usernames and hashtags with, you know, mental health in it somewhere and just started randomly messaging people. And But people responded, and that's kind of how it happened. That's awesome. Yeah, I scroll through the Sick Not Week hashtag and kind of reply to anybody that I think needs a boost. Yeah. Try to just um, just trying to help people out. And that's awesome. And it helps you in turn, right? Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome that you you turn this uh, march from a from a eight weeks or less uh, turnaround time to having a couple hundred people come out and having a pretty formidable march. I hope that you do achieve your goal of at least double the, the turnout this year. Me too. <laughs> I, I'm going to do everything I can to attend and uh, fully expect to be there alongside Michelle. And uh, awesome. really look forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, ditto. Same here. It's, it's always great when you can, you can finally connect in person uh, to people you've been communicating with online. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you wanted to add about the march? Um... No, I don't think so. I mean, covered speakers and all of that. I mean, just people who are listening and, and to you and to everybody. I mean, if it's something you're on board with, if you're going to come, even if you're not going to come, I mean, spread the word. You know, we're, you know, we have a press release and we did have some press last year. Unfortunately, we never found it airing because the hockey game, CBC was there, but the hockey game that was playing that day went into overtime and it bypassed the entire news. But um, just, share share it if, if it's something you want to get behind um if you can't attend yourself but you like the idea retweet it share it with people let them know because that's really the main way that that we're getting it out there is just by word of mouth just sharing it out there so people could share it that would be great i will continue to support it on twitter and i'm going to go and uh join that event on facebook right now and uh share it awesome. on facebook so i'll do exactly what you asked me to <laughs> All right. Uh, it, was, it was nice talking to you, Courtney, and uh, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Once again, thanks so much to Courtney for taking the time to come on the podcast today. I really hope that that, uh, that march is something that's only going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger each year, and I really do think it's something that as it catches on can, can be replicated in every major city or every province all across Canada. It might you know, maybe take some time, but I there's it's it's such a great thing to do and I think that there's it can only go up. And, and uh I look forward to participating in this year's march and I look forward to seeing where it goes in the years ahead. Anyway, that's it for episode twenty. Uh I'll just add that this podcast is brought to you by Dickie's Meats because my dad pays for the hosting. I make four dollars a month off of this thing. I can hear your jealousy. All right, that's a wrap. I'm going to get out of here and uh, enjoy your day. And thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.